Listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. I'm Jordan Harms. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin, for your support of the Coffee Hour. You can find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. We have a very fun conversation today. A few different guests. We're talking about my favorite service of the entire liturgical year. So this is very exciting. Plus a resource for kids and parents, families to help families move through the service. We're talking about Easter Vigil today and a new coloring book resource coming out from a couple artists and the and the Office of Worship here at the LCMS International Center. So joining us today, the Reverend Sean Dunzer, Director of Worship for the LCMS. Thanks for joining us today, Chaplain. Great to be here. And Ed Riojas, a liturgical artist. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. And Jesse Bell, a homeschool mom. Thanks for joining us today, Jesse. Thanks for having me. So let's start first with Easter Vigil, what this service is. This may or may not be familiar to our listeners. Not a ton of, of LCMS congregations have an Easter Vigil. So, Sean, can you explain what the Easter Vigil service is? The Easter Vigil service is the first service of Easter. Well, just like all the services in Holy Week, we're always kind of starting ahead. So so even our Lord's accounting of the three days starts right on Friday, but kind of the night before on Thursday night. So this is then Easter morning, but already starting the night before. And you can hear it right in the name Vigil. We're going to stay up late. We're going to keep watch because we just can't wait for the resurrection of Christ. And, and this service, as it's developed over the centuries, is focused around hearing kind of the whole story of salvation and recognizing that all of that really has been fulfilled in Christ Jesus' death and his resurrection. And so it kind of takes Passover as its cue. And as it says even in the introduction for the Easter Vigil, it, it's the passing over of our Lord Jesus Christ from death into life. And so we follow with him, we follow through the whole Old Testament, all of these stories that have paved the way for the Christ to come and redeem all of creation. I can see why that would be some people's favorite, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely my favorite. <laughs> so this is actually interesting to me because I have like vague memory of going to some Easter vigil services probably when I was like seven or eight. And I don't think I've been since. But just today, I was talking to Sarah and some other people about it, thinking like, maybe I should find one this year. You should. So this is really for Ed and Jesse. What do you guys both love or like or <laughs> or not like, not that there would be anything to not like, <laughs> about Easter vigil services? Well, for me, personally, you get all the wonderful scripture. There's a little bit of maybe sentimental value, I guess, for me. My daughter was baptized during an Easter vigil service, so there's that. Nice. I enjoy that it's just such a unique service. It kind of dis defies all of the expectations you have for a normal divine service. And so you get to kind of pay attention to all the nuances that are unique to this service. Sean, what about you? What do you love about Easter vigil? Fire. <laughs> That's one of the main things so I remember. Usually, uh, yep, yep. At most churches, you start either outside with a big bonfire or maybe just with a candle or something calmer. 
but you light the new Paschal candle for the year. The pastor blesses it. We bring it into the church. Sometimes churches will let you light your own candles, kind of like at Christmas Eve too. We get to hear the pastor or somebody sing that exalted, which is beautiful. We go through all the readings. There's the service of baptism uh, and the divine service with Holy Communion. It almost seems like an afterthought at that point, but really it's the culmination. We get to bring back all the words we haven't been saying all through Lent. And so <laughs> it's a it's a wonderful service after maybe some solemn and somber moments of reflection during Holy Week. But this is the big excitement for Easter and everything goes back to normal and Christ is risen again. Now, when you say there's all the readings, what do you actually mean by that? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, as many readings as you have. There's usually about 12 readings. And uh, I mean, think back to in, in the olden days, the vigil meant exactly that. We're we're gonna stay up all night. We're gonna we're gonna keep on praying until the early morning, till the sun rises, till we know the, the time that the women went to the tomb and found that he had risen. We're gonna kind of keep vigil the whole night. Well, most of us don't quite do it that long, but of the twelve readings that are traditional and that we have in LSB are certainly longer than your average service. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, the service does tend to be, I think an, an hour is about a minimum amount of time for this service. I think I was at one that was about an hour and a half. One, I think went a solid two, two plus hours. I bet you love that. But it was, yeah, <laughs> like like you've explained, Sean, there's so much that happens in this service and, and Jesse and Ed too. There, there are so many different things. You've got fire, of course, which is just fun and all of the readings and the remembrance of baptism and communion when all the, and all the lights go on and we redress the altar. It's just... There's so many things that that happen in the service, which is really cool. And I might have just spoiled my next question, but what what makes the service unique in in that period of time between Palm Sunday and and Easter morning? What where does the service kind of fit into that flow of things, John? Well, what really the fulfillment of everything. So, as Christians, I mean, just as the disciples were supposed to be, we were never surprised to find that Jesus actually didn't die, that he was gonna, wasn't going to stay dead. We always knew he had predicted that he would suffer, he would die, and on the third day he'd rise again. So this is the culmination of those three days, his betrayal after the institution of the Lord's Supper, his death on the cross, his rest in the tomb, but now we come to the resurrection. And this kind of is the end of that. So it really starts in Lent, so to speak. Some churches even uh, begin with all the violet on the altar, and it still looks just like it did on Good Friday, or just like it did during Lent. But then you move gradually and gradually. It gets brighter as more lights are lit, or as you move closer to dawn, I suppose, if you're doing it hardcore. And uh, <laughs> find the hallelujahs come back, and and uh, all the lights come on, usually in most churches, and, and, and Easter has come. Man. I kind of want to do one of the hardcore ones. <laughs> I don't know if my body could take it these days. But... So, like I said earlier, some of the only things I remember are from when I was a kid. But I I do remember sort of the way it felt and looked back then. But this this next question, I guess, could be really aimed at Jesse as a homeschool mom, especially. What do you think kids are learning specifically during this time, during Eagle, Eagle <laughs> during Easter vigil services, like, do you think that this will probably segue into more questions about the coloring book too? But do you think kids like pay attention more during a service like this because there's more to look at, or do you think they're just tired and wondering <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> I honestly think it can go 
either way, depending on the kid and depending on the way we set up the expectations for the service. I think if we take anybody and just drop them in the middle of something that is unexpected, what hasn't been completely explained, it can either spark the imagination for some and it can also overwhelm others. And so I think if we approach it in a way that thoughtful, then kids can learn a lot from the service. I mean, there's we talk about education, you talk about movement, repetition, colors, artwork, music, storytelling, everything that you know, educators kind of strive for when getting kids to engage in learning, that it's all part of this service. Um, so I think there's a lot of opportunity for kids to to engage in learning about from creation all the way to the cross, from looking at the history of the church and in, and just engaging in the, in, in the service themselves. Do you have uh, examples of ways that you've done that with your own kids, Jesse? I think looking at what the service is going to entail is important. No, like setting the service up as a long service, I think, is important just so they're not expecting. I mean, everything they expect in a divine service is flipped on its head. There's, they're normally used to going in the morning while it's probably going to be at night. They're used to it. There being two parts of the service, the service of the word and service of the sacrament. And there are six parts. They're used to three readings and you can have up to 12. So just setting that up with them and going, okay, it's going to look different than what it usually looks like and kind of prepping them for that. Maybe even looking at, well, like we talked with the coloring book, setting some of that those expectations up with that coloring book. Ed, what about you? Do you have examples of, of approaching this with kids? Well, in a way, yes. Just my whole approach to the style of drawings. Kids are way smarter than what we give them credit for. And mm -hmm. I didn't want to have the, the cartoon thing because we don't live in a cartoon world. And you can infinity times that when it comes to scripture. It's very real. So <laughs> let's not make everything rounded and, and goofy and stuff. Let's put it in there right in their faces. And I think I, I did yeah. I did have to tone it down a little bit on at least one drawing. Be honest. Well, not that one. No, it's Joe. It was the Jonah one. Oh. No, Joe. It was the Jonah. Yeah. Oh, Joe. Job, yeah. It's like right in front. Oh, and all. Yeah, yeah. He, he was pretty nasty. So it's like, okay, we don't want to coloring pencils come in flesh, but they don't really come in <laughs> colors of boils and things like that. Sean, how have you approached Easter Vigil with your kids? Well, I never had to. In the parish, I joined together with some of my circuit mates, and uh, my wife had the kids, and they just stayed home <laughs> while I went to the service. <laughs> they had already been to church a number of times already this week, of course. But finally, when uh, I came to the, here to St. Louis, and we got to sit in the pew for Holy Week, which is awesome. Uh, mm -hmm. we, we dared to go to our late 8 o'clock Easter Vigil service. We're already an hour past bedtime. And now we're going to get these kids through, as you said, like a two, two and a half hour service. It was daunting, but we, we were amazed at how well our children did. My wife was smart enough to print off a few little pages for coloring. Uh, but that's really, I suppose, the genesis for this, just to say, boy, wouldn't it be great if there was something that the kids could use, not only to occupy their time if they're getting a little restless, but even better as a second opportunity also, so they can be engaging with these readings so they can maybe have some visuals mm. to go along with what they're hearing. Uh, I mean, it's always amazing how when kids are scribbling away in the pew during the sermon, 
pretty soon they like answer the rhetorical questions the pastor's asking in the sermon. They're paying attention the whole time they're hearing this. And it's very easy to pay attention, especially with some of those great Old Testament stories, like when they keep rattling off all the instruments that they play for everyone to bow down in Daniel, or when they describe the burning fiery furnace over and over again, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and all the all the satraps and all those guys. So kids can really get into that. And then how great to just give them something they can color along with. And at the same time, also to have an opportunity, I think, that parents can engage with their children, whether that's whispering quietly in the pew during the service or after, or but, but that this can be a tool for parents also to help teach their own children what they're hearing, what they're learning, what the uh, death and resurrection of Jesus means for all of us as Christians. So it was just a perfect project, and I couldn't think of anyone better to work with than Bahas and his wonderful, uh, faithful Lutheran artwork, and then all the wonderful things that we've seen from Jesse with Cordia Collective. Yeah, this is a, a great resource. We're going to talk about it more after we take a quick break. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. I'm Jordan Harms. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. I'm Jordan Harms. We're talking about a new resource from LCMS Office of Worship with Edrio Haas, liturgical artist, Jesse Bell, homeschool mom, and the Reverend Sean Denzer, director of worship for the LCMS. Though, Sean, before we went to break, you were explaining a little bit about why this book came about. Were there any other any other reasons why you wanted to produce this type of resource for parents? Well, I think it was important to us that the things that we put out from LCMS worship are generally tend to be free. Uh, it's for the good of the church. But this ties in so nicely to something that I think is more and more important to us, which is not just to have great worship resources for pastors and even for church musicians, but also for the home. Where, where does home devotions and the worship life of a family, parents teaching their children, which is to be the center of our growth as Christians. Where does that fit in? I don't quite know. It probably fits in almost everywhere in the church's <laughs> life. But certainly the, the worship service has to be the catalyst for it, right? It's our common denominator as Christians. It's when we all gather together. And some of these chief times of the year, like Easter, and almost everybody is in church, and maybe even your extended family is joining. This just seems like an ideal time to bring a, another connection between the life of Christians in their own homes and the gathered life of the whole congregation together to hear the word of God and to receive his sack. So, so I, I see this as just a wonderful project to bring all those different angles together and, and help make the connections. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of this project being the coloring book, liturgical artist. Mm. <laughs> I can't say I have necessarily heard that title before. So oh. my question is kind of twofold for you, Ed. 
Okay. First of all, liturgical artist is that is that something you like go to school for? How do you you just get interested in it and you start making pictures? Because I remember back in confirmation days seeing quite a few illustrations of familiar church symbols that I could then kind of put two and two together during worship service, watching the altar and everything happening and kind of being like, Oh, I've seen those in my book before. So that's the first part of the question is how do you come about that? And then where does your inspiration come from? And for the illustrations for the book itself, how do you, how do you decide where that line is? You mentioned earlier (laughs) that you have to dial back. (laughs) Okay. First of all, liturgical artists, I guess that's, I don't even know what to call them. I guess that's pretty close. <laughs> I, I have an education in the fine arts. And then I was in rising for a bit. And then the newspaper industry, bad news. Now I'm doing good news. I was in that for way too long, for close to 31 years. So it's kind of an odd thing. And I, when I was downsized from the newspaper, hit the ground running. And I thought, well, I'll do this stuff for, for churches and, and whatnot. And I found out there's not a whole lot of Lutheran confessional Lutherans out there doing this sort of thing. So yeah, it's kind of a kind of a weird thing. I don't I don't know. And and what does it entail? Well, for my case, it's it's fine arts coupled with good grounding in the catechism and and scripture and all that. It's a very old school kind of thing and not many people are doing it anymore. The inspiration, obviously scripture. I mean there's for instance, the page with the all the musical instruments, I, I want to be faithful to Scripture, and I want to know what these silly instruments look like. You, know, yeah. you have to break open a book. <laughs> so. <laughs> so does your art extend beyond just coloring books? <laughs> oh, yes. I, I'm, I'm not familiar with it. Is it. Like, how do you... Well, about getting, I don't know, ass- assignments or, okay, or how so do you find what needs to be done? It, it started as a very small thing. I, I did a piece for our the church I belong to, our Savior Lutheran in Grand Rapids. And I did the Te Deum, which surrounds the entire sanctuary. And then, it, then there was probably a pastoral conference there at some point, And another pastor said, hey, I want something in my church. And it very slowly kind of took off and that really took off slowly i was doing things for other churches and now i have between a two and three year waiting list it's all churches oh wow and i don't like to say no i won't do that but you may have to dig me out of the ground to finish some assignment so yeah the lord has blessed me in that way when i was downsized it's like lord tell me what to do and the the whole idea of you're going to get something pressed down, shake, and then running over. And yeah, I, I've experienced the running over part. So, so that the Job illustrations were kind of personal for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ed, your your work is it's really been a blessing to the church. It's it's really beautiful stuff, and I'm glad that you were able to do the illustrations in this coloring book. And I know this is aimed at kids, but I'm pretty sure I will be bringing this with me to our Easter Virtual Service <laughs> and using it as my own coloring book so I can also pay attention better to the readings. And Jesse, you put together a commentary on for each of the, the parts of the service, the readings. How did you come up with the what you would be putting in there? And, and give us an example of the things that kids and families can work through for each of these parts. Matt, and the function that... Um, Chaplain Denzer had set up 
that we could either print off one page at a time or print off the booklet. So I wanted it one page or the whole booklet. So I kind of centered around kind of two themes, um, the theme of transitions um, and then um, the theme of hope and where we can find hope. And so that's kind of the whole book so that we kind of had an overarching um, anchor to the coloring book, but also be used whether it was just one page or two. And um, kind of the way I carry, there's always two words. Um, and the Easter vigil takes us from one word to the other. We transition from wherever the story or the part of the story finds God's people to where it brings God's people. Um, for example, the story of the Israelites um, going across the Red Sea. They start in slavery, they end in freedom. And this idea of the whole Easter service is about trans light from death to light um, and taking that and finding that kind of a theme in each of the readings and each of the parts of the, um, of the service. And then there's a little bit of context because often these readings will drop us right in the middle of a story. So there's a little bit of context. And then there's a little seek and find, which, I mean, Ed's work is absolutely incredible. The, the more you look at it, the more you find. And so these were just some jumping off points for fam to, to look for some of those gems that he hides in there. And then uh, the, it ends with a think about it question, just something to discuss as a family. And again, before, during, or after, however the church decides to use it. And that's kind of... Uh, the overarching theme that I had. Wow. And that really extends to the rest of our lives as Christians too. the whole transition from dark to light and sort of a cyclical nature there. Oh, absolutely. That's fantastic. I have a practical question for you, Jesse, though. Mm -hmm. Did you sort of see a need being a mother and a homeschool mother when going to these types of services, sort of looking at the children thinking, you know, what would be great is if they had something in their hand. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Color. So when this idea came to you, did it just kind of seem like it made sense? Oh, I was so excited that um, Chaplain Denzer had um, brought me on board. It was um, printed off. Ed has done other coloring pages that he's put up on his website. I've printed those. I brought those to church services. Um, I've found Catholic coloring pages that I've printed off and brought to services. So I'm so excited that this is coming directly from the LCMS. Yeah. So yeah, very, very excited about it. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is a fantastic resource. I know it's already made its rounds in several places on the internet. So people are already getting their hands on it. And I know we're, we're still in the very early parts of Lent at this point, but I'm very excited for the upcoming Easter Vigil and being able to use this coloring book. Sean, where can people find this book as a resource for their own families? They can find it uh, certainly by going right now just to lcms.org. It's uh, right splashed up on the page forum. You can also find it under lcms.org slash worship. Uh, it's available for free in two formats. One is a full book that you can print and uh, download and print yourself. You can also download the individual coloring sheets with their with with their commentary to print front and back. If especially if say your church doesn't use all twelve readings, you can talk to your pastor and find out exactly what's going to be done. Sunday school teachers, parents, and you can prepare ahead of time and have the whole packet ready to go. 
Also, just for everyone's convenience, if you'd rather just have somebody else do the printing, it is available for purchase on demand, a print through Amazon. And our link is right on the website for that. So we hope that through that, there's lots of different ways that people can make use of it. And it's so wonderful for us to have not just faithful coloring sheets of scripture, but also something that ties right into our practice as LCMS Lutherans that fits right with our hymnal and our service for the Easter Vigil. And we'll have the link for that in the show notes for this episode. If anyone wants to just go to those and click on that link and find it very easy to download and print for yourself. Just a great resource. Reverend Sean Dunzer, Director for Worship for the LCMS, Jesse Bell, Homeschool Mom, and Ed Riojas, Liturgical Artist. Thank you so much for joining us today for the Coffee Hour. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. I'm Jordan Harms. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere. Anywhere.